Welcome to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast, a weekly conversation about mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information or to find a therapist in your area, visit our website at therapyforblackgirls.com. While I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for session 343 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. We'll get right into our conversation after a word from our sponsors. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Forum is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Forum believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Forum is there. Welcome back for another episode of our January Jumpstart mini-series. All month long, we're having conversations with talented Black women leaders across creative and professional mediums to assist you in putting the P in prioritizing your personal growth. If you've been holding back on doing you, this is your sign to jump headfirst into the possibilities of a new year. As we enter a new year, perhaps you're looking to incorporate more laughter, fun, and teamwork into your daily routine. Well, what if I told you that there's an activity that can help you do all of these things, plus learn to yes and your way through this roller coaster of emotions we call life. I'm talking about improv comedy, and today's guest is here to share all about it. Joining me today is improv player and coach Eva R. Lewis. For over a decade, she's been seen performing with several improv teams in the Washington, D.C. area, as well as at comedy festivals around the world. Since 2017, she's been one half of white privilege, black power, an award-winning diversity and inclusion improv show that she also co-created and is offered to organizations. In our conversation, Eva and I explore the mental health benefits of improv, how to find inclusive improv communities in your area, and the ways in which the fundamentals of improv can bleed positively into your daily life. If something resonates with you while enjoying our conversation, Share it with us on social media using the hashtag TBG in session. Or join us over in the sister circle to talk more about the episode. You can join us at community.therapyforblackgirls.com. 
Here's our conversation. But thank you so much for joining us today, Eva. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you. So if you could take us back to the beginning, can you tell me a little bit about what inspired you to get interested in improv and what was your first experience with it? Yeah. So what inspired me is that when I was in law school, I had a group of friends. We would go to Second City in Chicago and they put on a bunch of variety shows frequently. So we would go to just about all the shows. And then when I was graduating from law school, I had a friend, Mike, who was like, I'm going to take a class. And I was like, all right, you take a class. I'll take it with you. So while we're studying for the bar, we're taking this improv class and it was a blast. It was like a nice release vow of like to be silly and the fun, meet new people. And then we would go hang out afterwards after class. So I kept that up, went through the whole Second City curriculum and then the two levels at I.O. in Chicago and then moved back home and kept doing improv. So the first taste was watching the shows and then saying like, oh, this is fun, enjoyable. And then the second part was like just getting the idea when I saw someone else doing it to say, hey, I want to do it, too. Wow. So that's quite an interesting mix to be studying for the bar and then taking your improv classes. Yes. I can imagine it was a great like stress reliever, a very different part of your brain. It, like. Exactly. Exactly. And it, and it lined up perfectly because you would go to class in the morning for your bar classes. Then I would go to the Starbucks that was connected to the theater and just stay there all day. And then 6.50, then move on over to class for 7 o'clock. And then it was over two weeks before the bar. So there was no excuse, right, that this is taken away from studying and, and passing. And I did pass. Yeah, so it was, a, it was a great time. And it was just yeah. fun and silly. Right, right, right. So for those of us who may not be super familiar with improv, can you give us a definition? Like, what are some of the fundamentals of improv? Yeah, so so improv, it is definitely in the word, and in particularly for improv comedy, which is what I do, everything is made up on the spot. What you're given as a, a performer or your group is you get some type of prompt, a get, we call it, and then that shows the audience that you are making it up on the spot. So everything that you see, whether it be short form or long form, and, and short form is like if you watch Whose Line Is It Anyway?, where they're doing games, they set up the game and then they play the game. Or if you're doing long form, which is like you're doing a scene, like if you were to go to a theater to see a play or a movie, there's a scene, but that scene is completely made up. And then what the improv comedy part is that you are trying to be funny. You're trying to entertain in that way. And so there are some basic principles that you learn. And the main one that I'll say, and this is something that maybe people have heard of is yes and. It is the mantra of improv. It is a the first thing you will ever learn if you take a class is that yes and aspect, which is to say yes to whatever reality of what's being said. And then you try to add on top of it and you go through a variety of exercises like no, but or yes, but. And you'll realize that you can get to the fun faster if you just say yes and to what's been given to you. Got it. Got it. So it sounds like you guys started, like you mentioned, one of your friends was taking a class and you were like, oh, OK, I'll go with you. So if somebody is interested in starting improv, would they just look up classes in their area? Like, how do you get started with this? Yeah. So the way you get started is like most places have a improv theater or they have a theater that has like some improv class or workshop. So I would say if you're in the D.C. area, there's a Washington Improv Theater. I'm teaching a class in January of 2024. Level one, if you want to come through, just Google improv classes, check your local theater also, there's a bunch of resources on online and a bunch of books, but obviously the best 
avenue is to take a class where you're either virtual, I think some folks are still doing that, or you are in person doing it. Got it. So what might we expect at our first class? Like, is there a way to just sit and pay attention and look and see what other people are doing first before you jump in? Some people try to do that. And then you just try to coax them in. Because here's the thing, with improv, and I, I do, everyone's biased about their own art form, but with improv, it's supposed to be a collaborative, inclusive environment, right? So the idea is that there is no wrong answer. As I tell my students, there may be a better <laughs> answer, but there's never any wrong answer so the thing is, there are workshops where you can get like a taste of improv, right? We you know two hours and it's usually like free events. I know our theater does it. But the main thing is don't be too scared of it, because if you're going to an anything improvised classes, the environment is such that people want to invite you. And we know this can be scary, especially if you're trying to be funny. You're like, I'm not funny. And we all are funny in our own ways. So the main thing I just say, like, just give it a try. If you don't like it leave <laughs> right but I, I guarantee you're going to get something out of it so can you walk us through an introductory class that we might see in our first improv class yeah your first class level one we start off one acknowledging that like hey we all are, are beginners we're all new most time you don't know people so you're setting the groundwork to like hey i think the analogy we use is like we're like a, a cool startup right like at your workplace so like you don't want to be too edgy. Some people, they want to talk about topics that may ignite a discussion. And the thing is, like, if you're in a work setting, you probably wouldn't say that. Right. But you would talk about what's on TV, what's happening here, or the latest gossip or whatever. That's fine. So it's like setting that base ground, you know, work. And then the first thing you're doing is like how to access the yes and part of it. So you're doing exercises where you're not trying to be funny. All we're trying to do is just work your mind to like bring words and phrases when you can. And so you may start with an exercise where it's two people, two lines lined up, and you're just saying like, hey, just state an occupation that you are, right? And then layer on an emotion to it. So like if you were a cardiologist, but you are a happy cardiologist, hey, I know your heart is clogged up, but we're going to get through it, right? And so like if you're responding to that on the other end, you're just like, all right, doctor, I'm not you really give me positive vibes. So the main thing is just like jumping right in and doing the whole yes and exercise of it and then playing with the emotion. Like that's a really big part, at least the improv is like accessing that emotion that it will inform your character and allow you to sustain a scene. Got it. So mm -hmm. it is a scene that you're trying to build because I'm trying to like play yeah. along as you're giving this exercise. And I'm like, yeah. okay, if I were in this other line and somebody <laughs> said, okay, I'm a happy cardiologist, like, then do I introduce myself as like whatever my profession is or am I building on the story of the happy cardiologist? Exactly. So there are two levels, right? One is like you could be another profession, right? Which is a, the, the the pensive librarian, right? And so what the pensive artist is making my face scrunch up and I'm thinking real hard, but I'm a librarian. So I'm here to help you tackle whatever it is you're doing. And then you can build off because now you have a character or like who you are and like your point of view in this scene. So like the one step would be that where you're just like taking care of yourself, which is like having an emotion, having a character. But then the other part of that could be maybe you are the patient and you're seeing this happy cardiologist. Now, do you want your cardiologist if you've got problems to be so happy and carefree? Right. You as the improviser can make that decision. Right. You're like, I'm really digging this. So you're like, you know what? I, I just know I, I need you to be a little bit 
more serious and like just bring that happiness down because I, I got clogged arteries going on right now. That's what you can play into. But the main thing is just like taking in what's been said to you and then just adding on to it. Got it. So I, I appreciate that you started a part of this conversation talking about like there's no wrong way. And I would imagine, because I'm like, okay, well, how do I get this right? What's the right answer? <laughs> yeah, you're I like my students. Exactly. Like, but even as like a law student, like your training is, there is a right answer to these things. And so this is really expanding you in a very different way to kind of release this idea that there's a right answer and to really lean into this more playful side. Yeah. And here's the thing, like with improv, I always said there's no wrong answer, right? Because we improvise all day, like this podcast episode we're doing, right? We're improvising. And so the thing is like in real life, when you're, you're talking to friends or, or families or, or your work, right? There are things you say and you're like, oh, I wish I had said it a different way, right? But here's the thing, your message got communicated, <laughs> right? You're like, maybe my delivery should have been different or I should have used different kind of words. It's the same thing with improv comedy. And it's a space like to allow you to have that freedom, but also have the freedom, particularly as an adult, where you are, what you are saying and doing is being accepted and that you're adding on to it. So, yeah, so know that there is no right answer. There may be a different word, but I like better. There could be a better response and a better way of playing in a scene. Got it. Got it. Mm -hmm. So what would you say are some of the most common misconceptions about improv? Yeah, this definitely has gotten better since I've been doing improv. But like initially it was like white, male, young, 20-something years old, flannel. <laughs> At least flannel was a big thing when I came into the scene. It seemed like a uniform. And what's happening now is that you now have more people of color, obviously more women who are performing because a lot of times you would have teams where it's like all men and then like maybe one woman. But I have not seen that lately. And if I see it, it's like very rare. Most teams have a mix and, and sometimes you have teams which are all women. And so I think that's the big conception is like it, this is a white male art form and not to say that they don't play big roles in, in terms of the improv world, but there are other voices that are coming in that are also playing roles. I would also say that people think you need the, the jokes in improv and it really is not a joke setting. What you're trying to do and like this, the whole discussion on it and what I imagine is like more organic improv which is like you're trying to build something with your scene partner, with your team, that you're finding the fun, right? You're just not inserting it. Like if you want to do jokes, like stand up maybe more of your speed because that you're like set up punchline, right? Delivery. But with improv, a lot of times the, the humor, the funny is coming from the behavior and also what you're saying, but behavior and in, in the way you're saying and delivering it is where you're finding the fun. So the thing is like you're not inserting jokes. You are finding the fun that you typically would have in a conversation, like with your family and friends, right? Like funny moments come up, the way someone said something, the way someone did something that's causing it funny, but they weren't coming in with a joke to the conversation. Got it. So improv doesn't always have to be funny. Like, is there a more dramatic version of improv or is it always like improv comedy? 99% of the time it is improv comedy. Now, you may go to some improv shows and you're like, that was not funny. But they may have been trying to be funny, right? The thing is, like, in terms of improv comedy, which is what I've been doing and my teams have been doing, we want to be funny. There are shows and projects where folks are not going for the funny. It's still improvised, but they're going for more dramatic, more of a play. 
sort of thing. And matter of fact, there is another branch of improv called playback. I've only seen it once and it blew my mind away in a good way. They're not trying to be funny. It's more of theatrical where they take in what the audience is giving them and then they play it back to you. And so there's a playback, right? They're playing it back to you, but they're not going for laughs. They're going for more like heartfelt, grounded, sincere sort of improv. I would say definitely try the, the improv comedy just to stretch yourself. But it, once you get that foundation, like going into more of the dramatic improv, it is there and people do do it. Got it. So what are the markers you're looking for in terms of like, okay, I'm getting better at improv Ooh. comedy? Like, how would I measure my success there? Yeah, I think one is the ease at which you are reacting and playing with your scene partner or your team. And so the, the way that would look like is when you initially start out, you're thinking a lot, right? You're like, okay, what am I going to say next? And what I try to tell my students is like, I know you're thinking because you, you missed something that your scene partner said. And if you had heard what they had said, you've been able to have a little bit more fun. So I think the idea of getting comfortable with like not knowing exactly what you're going to say, meaning like you're pre-planning. And then also like as you perform more in front of an audience, getting reactions from the audience. Sometimes you, you say something and you don't realize that it is funny right until someone laughs. Or you may have said something that's cringeworthy and they go, ooh, right? Like, and then like, well, that's still a reaction. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad when you get those, ooh, that's nasty, right? It could still be, it still could be fun. So, but the thing is like, I think in your mind, if you know it's just getting easier to respond and to make them up, the, the make them ups, right? The words and the phrases and behavior, then you know you're going in the right direction. There's a sort of thing like a flow I think I've heard an athlete say it, and probably other like scripted actors and actresses say, but there's a certain flow in terms of how you're interacting when you're in the scene. So you mentioned earlier, you know, like I think many of us have this idea that improv is like old white men with flannel, like you said, right? <laughs> and young, um, so yeah, what are, yeah. And young. Um, what, what are some of the obstacles that you've had as a Black woman in this space? I think the obstacles are, and there have been discussions about this in terms of when you're actually doing scene work right because obviously we are bringing ourselves and ourselves are in the world and so we are bringing ourselves into these scenes and what happens a lot of times as women i'll tell you as women and also as black women as, as black people right a lot of times you get thrown into the girlfriend role or like the mom role there's a lot of scenes that i see and, and to still see as like this whole trope of like women being naggers and like ruining men's lives or like setting them up for this or the like casual sexism or like sexual things that like just comes up right and a lot of times like the scene did not need that <laughs> it's for whatever reason it's coming out and I think also like in terms of black folks and I see it here and like sometimes I'll point it out I think more if I playing with more advanced players, more experienced players. But there's also seems like if you have a, a white player and a black player, some of the same things that we see in real life, you'll see on the improv stage. You know, if they're in a medical situation, they're the nurse or the tech, when they easily look like they were the doctor. There was a discussion amongst the DC and also other improv communities across the country about like getting more people of color onto teams and like, being open to that and not just having it all be white male. At least there was a recognition of that and like it has improved. 
and, and going on from there. But in terms of those obstacles, I think that's it. And I will say I'm on a team called Lena Dunham, which is a all black improv team. And when we first started, we were all the only black member of our improv team. And that's how we started. And since then, I'm on teams that were I'm not the only one anymore. So I think those are obstacles of just not like seeing yourself and also in terms of the topics that may come up and being able to play in that atmosphere and to be your true, authentic person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking like as a psychologist, this sounds like a fascinating projection exercise, right? Because, again, wherever you go, there you are. And so, of course, you're bringing all of your stuff yep. to this character that you're building on stage, right? And so what is done? Are there ever any conversations that break the playing to say, let's pay attention to the dynamics that are happening here. Like, why are all the black women being cast as like caretaking roles? Like, are those kinds of conversations happening like as a part of a workshop? Not as part of a workshop, but I know I've had to have one-on-one conversations or a broader conversation in classes about like, hey, in terms of how we're playing, a lot of times we'll play different genders, right? But a lot of times like gender doesn't matter within the scene, but they'll still say that you're a man. And like, disconnect is like here's the thing like i present as a woman right and so like the idea because i'm now in a higher status i'm now a man right like there are women who are in higher statuses so i think having those conversations is a big one and then in terms of the race conversations right in terms of like hey that scene you did with the cop or the scene you're doing in in terms of sexism or racism in the workplace right like i see where you were trying to go but like we need to bring it back a little bit and I, I will say this, since you said workshop. So I, there's another duo I'm on called White Privilege, Black Power. We started in January 2017. There was a show where it was like a social justice show. And so my company partner, Greg Tyndale, who's a white male, was like, hey, Eva, let's do a duo for this show. And I was like, cool. And so we started talking about it. And the idea is that we started out just asking each other questions, giving honest responses, and then doing improv scenes off of it. That's a direct way of getting at some issues so like one issue and it could be fun to silly like the first question i ever asked greg was like hey greg do you ever look in the mirror and just thank god that you were born a white man right and so (laughs) greg took it in (laughs) i don't think he ever said yes but then he went on this long tangent about america race and this that and then we did a scene off of it it was fun but the thing is like it was tackling something serious but layering on something fun and trying to make humorous in a way that's not offensive, right? We've done that and we've done corporate workshops as well where we're in the workplace and people talk about real workplace things that happen to them. And we take that and we try to layer. I think a lot of times we're layering on this very serious topic with something that's not so serious. Got it. Got it. More from our conversation after the break. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a backseat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP 
for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. So our conversation, Eva, is, you know, kind of encouraging people, like if they want to try this as a hobby to, you know, get started. And I would imagine for people who are in spaces that already feel oppressive and if I am dealing with the stress of a nine to five, I don't want to then go to an improv workshop and I'm still have to have some of these like racism conversations. So what kinds of tips would you give for people to find spaces that may be more affirming? You mentioned that you're in an all black troupe or a comedy club. So what kinds of tips would you give for people to find spaces where they might not have to deal with some of that? One resource, I would say, and it may be more focused on the D.C. area, but I think they also branch out nationally. It's called the Black Improv Alliance. Right. So it is a space of people of African descent to find creative spaces for themselves. They're on Instagram, Black Improv Alliance. Check them out. If you can, sometimes taking a class with a friend. Right. So that you have your comfort zone there while meeting different other folks. And a lot of times you may be in a workshop or a class where you could be the only black person or you could be the only person of color. And so I would just say, like, one, definitely go take a workshop. Like if there's a one day workshop or two day workshop where you're just getting a taste. So that way, if you're like, this is not for me or like these people are bonkers, you move on. But the main thing I would say, like, if you could take a buddy with you, it's a good one. Also, if the instructor, and not, this may not be always, but if the instructor is a person of color, right, they may be more in tune. I'm not saying that's for all people, but like they may be more in tune to it. So when you're picking a teacher, that may be beneficial. But also there are other, obviously, non-black people, non-POCs who, who would just do well and would handle any situations that come up. Another thing is if you are interested and I definitely encourage everyone under our voices to go take a class If you're having issues go talk to your teacher immediately the main thing is just get out there and try it but do speak up for yourself and I know you're like I can't have fun and here's the thing 95% of the time you are going to have fun it's just maybe that 5% where you may run into something so you know we talked on a little bit I think but without addressing it directly improv is something that is frequently suggested by therapists for people who struggle with things like social anxiety yeah. um, or some of this perfectionism stuff that we talked about a little bit, right? Like improv yes. feels like a great way to kind of break down some of that. Can you talk a little bit about some of the skills that you might learn in improv that are transferable to supporting people's mental health? So what you're going to be gaining is the ability to talk and engage with just about anybody, right? Because in those initial yes and part, right, the idea that when someone is talking to you one that you're listening and also listening is like my second thing is listen like a thief right because if you're listening you one you're getting out of your head and you're focusing more on the other person right so that you understand what they're trying to communicate to you and then you can respond so the thing is like you are building up your listening abilities you're building up the ability to, to talk on the spot and your presentation right in terms of yourself and being out there. I know I've had a couple students who were presenters before taking an improv class. And then after an improv class, they had people come up to me and say, oh my God, what have you been doing? And it was the improv, right? It is a space where you get to try out different things. 
in a safe environment. I think for anyone who does have that anxiety or neurodiversity, and matter of fact, there is an improv team of folks who are neurodiverse and they're very good. Matter of fact, I, I play on other teams with them as well. And it just allows you to exercise that in a place that is, there are no high stakes, right? Like if you bomb out, if you don't get a laugh, right, your life will go on. And I think that's the point, right? Like you're learning, like if you mess up, if you think you're doing the wrong thing, like life goes on, you have another scene, right? You have another opportunity to do it. So what kinds of skills do you feel like have bled into your everyday life from your experience as an improv artist? Yeah, I think for me, one, I believe I'm a shy person, but I am an extrovert. And so being younger, I was very shy, but I get energy off of people, right? And I, you know, feel that energy and I enjoy being around people. I think what I got is the ability to talk to just about anyone and to have a conversation and it also to be playful and not that you need to play with everybody, right? Because some people don't you know, play with, right? But the idea of being open to individuals and listening and taking in what they're saying and really paying attention and not judging. I think in improv, there there's a space where you're not being judged on what you're doing. You're just existing and being in that space. So for me, my philosophy in improv is that I should be able to, to improvise with a rock, right? I should be able to do a very poignant funny scene where i'm improvising with the rock i'm doing obviously in my mind i'm doing the other side but i'm communicating to the rock and so i think that's just something that i've gotten out of improv and it, and it brings such a joy to me right and and there are only a couple times in improv where i'm just like this is not joyful you learn from it and you move on but it's just an opportunity to be fun and silly like when you were a kid if you ever remember when you were a child and you're just playing for the sake of playing like there's no agenda. And I think improv allows us the entryway into that, which it allows me to present better, allows me to interact with people. And a lot of times in my previous jobs, you're interacting with people who are upset. And the main thing is like people want to be listened to and like heard. And so I think that also has brought that into my life. Mm -hmm. So you've had, it sounds like a variety of different experiences with improv. Can you talk to me if you can think of any differences that you think of when you're like working and playing with your like all black group versus like in other spaces that you've been in? Any differences come to mind for you? <laughs> yes, there are definitely differences. So like Lena Dunn, which is an all black improv team, and we are very good. We, we have a lot of fun with each other. And so in terms of the humor and like the things that come up with Lena Dunham necessarily would not come up with my team that the majority of the team is white right so like issues dealing with black people code switching i got one who brought up like slavery and like slave talk he was like a professor and he was like all right guys we're going to learn about certain dialects today's dialect is going to and so obviously he's putting us on the spot and we made it work i also think in improv there are references right that black folks have that maybe non-black folks don't have in terms of the movie and music that we perform that we can tap into very quickly and be on the same page about like what is it that we're doing like one is like the color purple i think there was an improv show where the color purple came up and the white guy nice white guy but he did not know <laughs> he didn't know uh i think he's watched it since but he did not know and so like just to get on the, the page about that. And like, I think also about like with policing, unless someone calls us out as white, we are playing as black, right? What you see. 
And so the idea of playing in that space and punching up, we say like, instead of punching down on folks in situations, we're trying to punch up on the situation. It's fun. And you get there quicker. Yeah, it reminds me of like some of those memes you see around like that one burgundy bedspread that like a lot of black families had. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like yes, I can I imagine. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I'm imagining like those kinds of things coming up and like maybe the black students knowing what you're referring to and then maybe people who are not black not having any clue. Not having any clue. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and not to say every scene is about race or this or that because we'll have some funny, ridiculous scenes. But we know we can tap into that. Or we know if we bring it up, it comes up. Then we know how to play with it mm-hmm. without getting nervous. Yeah. Yeah. So, Eva, I wonder if you can walk us through one or two exercises that we might be able to play with, like, family and friends kind of doing some of this if we're not ready to take a class or, like, can't find a class in our area. Yes. Yes. Thank you for bringing this up because these are fun. And I know I have a family reunion that's been going on for like 74 years. And there was a period of time where I was doing, like, improv uh short form games with them but we dr joy we are going to play a game right now so like before going to show we'll do this just to get like the brain working and the body moving so the the first one is called these five things so dr joy i'm going to go first but you're going to give me something so like an example of this is like all right give me five new ice cream flavors right and then if you were to say that to me then i have to come up with five different ice cream flavors right or give me five taglines if you are a superhero, right? Or give me five items of clothing that you would wear to the ice skating rink. It could be whatever it is, and then the person has to say it. So once I say one, so like if we did the, if you told me like, hey, what are five new ice cream flavors? What would they be? I'm like, okay, there would be enchilada ice cream. And then everyone would go one, right? Then there, there would be plastic berry ice cream too right these can be as ridiculous or as real as you want and so the idea is just like getting that muscle moving and so every time the person says something you go one and then two three four and five and then the next person would go on and so the next person would then name their five ice cream flavors no it'd be a new thing oh a new topic yeah Yeah. because those people may may have been pre-planning so right, because I'm like, okay, let me think about my ice cream flavor. <laughs> Say, gotcha. Yes, gotcha. No, 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 no. <laughs> now, Dr. Joy, you want, you want me to give you one? You ready? So you you're going to give Joy? me a topic and I'm going to give you the, my five. Five, yes. Okay, got it. All okay, right, yeah. gotcha. All right, so Dr. Joy, let's see. Can you give me five things you would do on a Sunday morning with a unicorn? Okay, five things on a Sunday morning with my unicorn. Yep. I would take it for a walk. One. I would brush its hair. Two. I would give it breakfast. Three. I would ride it around the neighborhood. Four. (laughs) Let's see. I would braid its hair. Five. These are five things, right? And then you say that at the end. These are five things. You see? Oh, my gosh. Right? Exactly. That and that's that, yes, and that's it. And that's something fun you could do, you know, with anybody or even by yourself. Mm, right. what, would be, what would be my five taglines? Boom, boom, boom. And going from there. Yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> I love it. I can see us playing that exercise. Okay. Exactly. You have a exactly. One for us? I do have I have a second one. And this one is okay. called Next on Springer. I don't know if people remember the Jerry Springer show. 
right? Yes. As a matter of fact, I've been to a pay-per-view version of Jerry Springer's show. It was quite entertaining. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Jerry Springer went to my law school. He graduated from our, my law school at Northwestern. Wow. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Gosh. He, uh, a hoot. So th <laughs> this one is called Next on Springer. So the way the exercise goes is that you're going to give a short, and I'm emphasizing short word, like cat or ball or something. And so if you were to give me a word like ball, and then the person who, who's going would then have to take B-A-L-L and make a title show for Jerry Springer using the first initial of every word has to start with B-A-L-L, right? Oh, so if ball was thrown out there, well, then I'll be like ballerinas and lying lizards next on Springer. Right. So the, the, the idea is taking each letter and that's the beginning of the word. Right. Got it. Okay. So like, you, you know, you take another one like cat, C-A-T. You would be like cataracts. Oh my God. I was going <laughs> to say cataracts and titties next on Springer. Right. <laughs> the, that's where my mind went. That doesn't mean everyone's mind is going to go there. Yes. All right. Dr. Joy, you ready? Okay. You ready? Okay. okay. Bat. B-A-T. Yep. Ooh. Next on Springer. <laughs> oh. Just start with the B and then it'll flow. Pick, pick uh, a I B mean, word. I thought black was my first thought. Oh, there you go. Black. black. Yeah. Yeah. Black adult tightrope walkers. Next on Springer. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Right. That's a, that's a fun one. That's a fun oh one. And, and, and let the mind wander. Right. Let it let it go. Yes. yes. So that's a that's a fun one to do as well. And then Dr. Joe, I have one last one. OK. Particularly if like for the, those other ones, like the other first two, you can do them by yourself. But like being with other people makes it more enjoyable because they, they can also hear the ridiculous stuff that's coming out of your mouth. The, the last one you can definitely do by yourself is to pick an object in the room or if you're outside, pick something and then do a character monologue of that, right? And I could do a rant or rave about it. So like if I'm looking around my room, oh, I see lotion, right? And the character could be as big or small, but the main is like having fun about it. And like, oh my God, I love lotion. It's just like, it's the thing that, that keeps my life sustained. I mean, if I could even eat lotion, I would because I wanted to moisturize my insides. Can you believe there are people out there? who don't carry lotion around and they're just ashy looking like ghosts walking around. No, I'm pristine. My skin is supple and I'm supple to the world. And that's why I have lotion, right? So that it can be as silly or realistic as possible, but just taking anything and just doing a character talking about that object or letting that object inspire you about something, right? So it doesn't have to be exactly about the lotion. You can do something what we call A to B, A to C which is like when I think of lotion, it makes me think of moisture. And when I think of moisture, it makes me think of rain. Oh, Purple Rain is my album. I mm. love Purple Rain, right? So like it's just allowing the mind to move and jump and then having that monologue to yourself. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Thank you so much for these. Mm -hmm. I think these will be fun for people to play with. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned one page that you thought we should look into, the Black Improv Alliance. Are yes. there other TV shows, films, Instagram or social media pages that would be helpful for people if they're interested in learning more about improv? Yeah. 
Yes. So in terms of like podcasts, there, you know, there, there are a bunch of improv podcasts that are out there, but just in terms of a few that I would say are beneficial, there's one called UCB Long Form Conversations. I don't think they make any more episodes, but the episodes are, are still up. And the idea is that they have an interviewer and an interviewee about some improv topic. And then the interviewee would become the interviewer in the next episode. And then they would, you know, I guess popcorn that way. Another one is improv beat by beat. And then this one, the person interviewed 20 improvisers, mainly I think in the New York area. And then what they did was they clipped together these 20 people talking about like different topics. So if the topic was about object work, which is like in improv, we don't use props. So you have to like, if you're cutting vegetables, you just need to show the audience that you're doing your object work, you're cutting vegetables, right? So they would take these tip 20 different perspectives about object work and then splice them together. So now you're getting the different views on different topics in improv. And then there's Will Hines. He has a Substack, and it's called Improv Nonsense. So like every week he'll write something about improv and just thoughts he has on it. And he's been improvising for many, many decades and he's very good at what he does. Okay. So those, I think those are some entrees in, into it. You could obviously like go see improv in person. I think it's better to see it in person, but you can definitely see it online if you can't get out or if there's no theaters doing improv but there's a bunch of improv like on youtube we'll do my shameless plugs at the end right in terms of like finding my pages and then watching shows and usually a lot of theaters have a, a youtube channel washington improv theater has a youtube channel where there's a bunch of shows that are there got it yeah so Eva, are there any black women that you want to put on the radar for us besides you and the work that you and your group are doing? Any other black women improv comedians that we want to be paying attention to? Yes, for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Crystal Ramser Ali. You can find her if you go to Arlena Dunn Improv. She'll be listed there as well. Definitely follow her because she's doing other projects. She's also on a team of all women called Hellcat. She's definitely a, a big one that you should be following. There are the women from a Black Lady Sketch Show. So, like, all those individuals have done improv and, like, I think still do improv to a certain extent. And even Robin Thede was a improviser. I think she even started at Second City in Chicago before moving to L.A. And then there is a all-black team called Astronomy Club. They had a the show on Netflix. I think it's still on Netflix. And the improvisers on that team were... Very good in terms of the black women. And I'm blanking on names. I see like her, her face. I think it's Keisha. Ke I think it's Keisha Zoller. So definitely checking her out. And then Nicole Byer. I know she, if, if people know her from like the cake show where they bake cakes. And then she also does stand up and has her own specials. I think she's on Wipeout. But she also has a big improv uh, background. And I love seeing her perform because it, it is very good in terms of the improv. And it's very silly. I like silly ridiculous stuff and she's doing some high level silly stuff there and i'm obviously blanking on some other ones but those are the ones that pop into my mind in terms of like watching them and i know i'm going to see a good show when i see them got it thank you so much for sharing that. yeah yeah so where can we stay connected with you eva what is your website and any social media channels that you want to share yeah so definitely i'm on ig at eva r lewis i you know post shows and like clips when I can or promoting. So definitely follow me on there. Lena Dunham, definitely come see us do shows. We have shows in December, but we'll have shows in the new year as well. And that's just Lena Dunham Improv. And then White Privilege, Black Power. 
Greg is out in California, so a lot of stuff we're doing is virtual, but we do have some good bits that are, are fun and, and humorous, so definitely check out White Privilege, Black Power on there. And then I'm on a team called Broken Bones, where we take a gnarly injury story and try to turn it into comedy. And so definitely check out Broken Bones DC on IG. And so definitely check me out, but also check out improv. Everyone does improv, so you might as well go take a class so you can learn more about it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for spending some time with us today, Eva. I really appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you, Dr. Joy. Thank you. I'm so glad Eva was able to share her expertise with us today. To learn more about her and her work, visit the show notes at therapyforblackgirls.com slash session 343. And don't forget to text two of your girls right now and tell them to check out the episode. If you're looking for a therapist in your area, visit our therapist directory at therapyforblackgirls.com slash directory. And if you're looking for a support system to aid you in your new year journey, join us over in the sister circle. It's our cozy corner of the internet where we celebrate, support, and practice vulnerability each week. This January, we're setting the foundation to turn our resolutions into realities. This episode was produced by Frida Lucas, Elise Ellis, and Zaria Taylor. Editing was done by Dennison Bradford. Thank y'all so much for joining me again this week. I look forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take good care. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP.